It's Tuesday, May 21st, 2019, and you're listening to episode 514 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 52 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. And my name's Chad. So, two things are on my mind right now before we get to our main topic. Hookers and blow. Carrot cake ice cream sandwiches. Okay, now about five things are on my mind. (laughs) But let me talk about the two that were there originally. Now, let me me promise that we are not going to give you any spoilers for Avengers Endgame, all right? But I'm going to bitch about something that spoiled it for me. But in the process, (laughs) I will not spoil it for you. In the lead up to Avengers Endgame, I knew there were going to be some people on social media that were not going to have good boundaries. We're probably going to spoil the movie, especially on the really wide open stuff like Twitter, where I see everybody's stuff. I mean, on Facebook, like I have my friends feed set up pretty curated and I mean, it's people I trust. So I don't think they're going to screw it for me. But I was being real careful about that. And so then in the middle of that, somebody who's on my friends list, I don't remember who, mentions that oh, there's this problem right now where a couple of news sites are trying to get the scoop on this movie. And even though it's freaking opening weekend, I mean, it's like Friday when the movie comes out, they're running stories not where the contents of the story are spoilers. More the damn headline is a spoiler. This happens to so-and-so at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And Marvel used to piss me off about that. They would have something big happen, like... You know, at one point in the comics after Civil War, Captain America dies for a while. Yeah. That was on MSNBC. It was on CNN the day before the comic released in stores. Wow. And it's like, I get avoiding comic news sites before mm-hmm. I read my books for the week, but avoiding real news sites the day before. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think you have to avoid CNN, the BBC, MSNBC, Fox. I mean, I, I don't care what your political slant is. You would not think that mainstream news would be something you'd have to dodge for this. Yeah, but no, got to get those clicks. So I di- so yeah. I started dodging them. The news sites are all crap anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and accept that I'm just not going to look at these sites for sure. a couple of days. So then I'm sitting there, and we saw, we being me, Chad, and a bunch of the other people, Wayne saw it earlier, but a bunch of us I were like that. We saw me, Chad. All the other people don't matter. Yeah. Yes, I made the list. Well, the rest <laughs> of people... They get snapped. If I had, like, the other 12 or 13 people showing up here for the recording, they would uh, matter. Yeah. But since they're too good for Fear of the Boot, I'm too good to mention... <laughs> I'm too good for their names. My mouth, mm-hmm. my beautiful bedroom voice... Right. ...will never whisper their names. But don't sully those dulcet tones with those yes. peasants. So... I'm sitting there on Saturday night, and we saw it on Sunday, okay? Mm. I'm sitting there Saturday night, and I turn on my phone to check, and sure enough, I've got, you have text messages from so-and-so, you missed a call from so-and-so, you have three new emails, whatever. All stuff you ignore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, generally. And right in the middle of all of this is a damned push headline, when I say push, that's a computing term, meaning it was sent to me. I did not request it. There's a news app that's built into my phone that I cannot remove without actually getting an Android decompiler and hacking the phone. There's a news app I cannot remove that, by the way, never tells me anything useful. Notre Dame burns down, doesn't mention it until three days later. 
major shooting doesn't tell me ever. Venezuela riots doesn't mention it. Yellow Jacket riots doesn't mention it. And here I am standing in the bathroom checking my phone real quick right before I go to bed. Bam, right there in the middle of my missed text messages and emails and whatever. Blah, 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 the end of Avengers. What does this mean for the MZU? Right. And I'm like, what the f*** is wrong with you? You seriously cannot go a couple days? Gotta get the clicks. I mean, it's... You got to. You know, okay, so we, or at least I, have this rule of one year plus or minus expressed interest. So I will not spoil something on this show if it is either less than a year old Mm. or someone on the cast has told me that they are intending to pick this up or watch it or whatever. Or if you were to spoil it, you would give a... Disclosure at the beginning. Yeah. Sure. We are going to talk about the latest Skies of Glass game. If you haven't listened to it, there sure. would be spoilers mm-hmm. kind of thing. And there's a slightly different one that the people at Screen Junkies use where they have a two and two rule where they will not discuss a TV show until two days after air. Okay. So people have time to either watch it live or watch on DVR. And for a movie, they go two weeks. All right. So, so it's, it's much more narrow than mine is. But it's still a two and two. This is the freaking day after it releases. And my phone is giving me a headline that spoils the end of the movie. That gives the ending of the movie. I did not see any spoiler. And that's kind of tragic in light of your story. Because I don't care about spoilers. I went out looking for them ahead of time. I mean, I don't look for them. You know, like I read, there's a couple of mysteries I read. I'm not the guy who flips to the back of the book to find out what happens in the mystery and then read the book. I don't necessarily seek them out. I don't really care if I get them or not. My problem with the, what I call spoiler culture, and this is not the culture of people who spoil things. It's the people who they're just up so up their own ass about this invented sort of courtesy social contract that no one signed up for yeah. that they enforce with all the social pressure they possibly well, can. Okay. And it does get spoiler. ridiculous. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, well, you know what guys, you can't tell me what happens in Apollo 13 because it came out 10 years ago and it's not time yet. It's like, it's a historical yeah. event. Well, yeah. okay. And, but and on, on the other hand, there's the people that walk out from a book release and read the last page to the people waiting in line. I well, will say that those people are being... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I mean, not saying it's right, but I'm saying that is the intention. Right. But I mean, yeah, they intend to be... A- I don't think people should go out of their way to be jerks. It's like the Snape yeah. Kills Dumbledore thing, right? Yeah. There are people who are seeing it, and it's not just something like that, and something like a, a Avengers Endgame. I witnessed that. Yeah. I was at a book release at a midnight, because my wife is a fan of those books. I'm not. But I'm in line with her. I could care less. And someone comes out and starts reading that page and reads when it happens to the line that are waiting to buy the book. Something like that. It's like an event. There's this whole big, gigantic groundswell thing. It's been going on for years. This is the big caps. I mean, there's like a lot of stuff behind it. And these people are going out of their way to be jerks. But there is another side of it, I think. There are people who want to talk about it. And it's like there are these anti-spoiler people who it's 10 years after a movie, two guys are in a bar at the end, quietly whispering about this movie that they saw all this time ago, 
and somebody's like, you can't talk about this. And it's like, dude, oh my God. Right. I'm going to unfriend anybody who talks about a 28 year old movie on my feed. Uh, just, just watch. No, me. I, I'll give like, you. Good Lord. I'll give you one up on that, or at least a different one on that. I had someone, no joke, totally seriously, not trying to troll me, give me for spoiling something like Citizen Kane. Right? It doesn't surprise me. But I, the one I was going to go with is a different angle on this, but the same thing. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw in the lisp to differentiate these people. Is these are not the people that are avoiding spoilers. These are the people that are avoiding spoilers. <laughs> The type of people who get mad if you mention something that was in the trailer. Right. Okay, this is public Uh, knowledge. See, that's one I got yelled at for spoiling a Star Wars movie. The Phantom Menace. Because because I was on Facebook talking about what was in the trailer. Yeah. In the comments of a non-spoilered post where we were talking about the movie and somebody was trying to silence me. It's like... It's in the damn trailer. It's in the trailer, and at some point, even if it wasn't, some of us want to talk about this. Okay, so <laughs> friend of a friend, this was not a personal friend of mine, because I feel worse about my life if it was. <laughs> friend of a friend, when Phantom Menace was coming out, and there were still the delusions it might be a decent movie, <laughs> there was a guy that literally, I'm not making this up, this is not a joke, this is not an exaggeration, 100%, this guy refused to go to grocery stores <laughs> In the months leading up to the movie, because he did not want to see the SpaghettiOs general grievous displays <laughs> that would ruin the existence of some new character or whatever. This is a guy who wanted to walk into this movie so completely blind. Now, that's fine if you want to do that. All right. If you I, know what? I would that's your thing. That's not fine. Well, all right, it's not, not fine because of the stress and tension and social damage yes. you do to yourself versus the minor it's, enjoyment of a two hour okay. movie. Now, and that's I, what I was saying. It's fine for you. If you want to say, this is how yeah. I'm going to live, that's fine. That's your psychosis, not mine. <laughs> right. But when you start freaking out at me, not over spoilers like, how the movie ends, but spoilers because <laughs> I tell you, man. I told you what was spoilers. in. Hey, did you know Captain America's an end game? What the fuck? You just ruined the movie. Really? You just yeah. ruined the movie. You, there are people right now yelling at you, screaming. You, I don't you, doubt it. I, I mean, I would hope not 99% of our audience, but I don't doubt there is that one person because I've been on the receiving end of that yelling. Yeah, there is definitely something different between. Mentioning something about a scene in the movie versus mentioning here's how it ends. Yeah. yeah. The end is something that's built up or to the scene. Here's is something some major that's give that yeah. clearly the people that made the movie have gone out of their way to hide because when they reveal there's a big payoff, whether it's funny or it's emotional or whatever it is, there's some big payoff to this as opposed to guess what? The people who are listed in the credits appear in the movie. Comedic things are the ones that bother me because too many times we've talked about it before. All the funny stuff's in the trailer. So it's not funny when you see it in the movie. So if someone spoils something that's funny about the movie, it's probably not going to be funny when I watch the movie. Let me go. I'll be a little more annoyed. Let me give you an example the upcoming Joker movie. Now, obviously, I can't spoil it for you in the true sense of the word. You haven't seen it. I've never seen it. You've only seen what everyone else has. It's being released in October, okay? It's nowhere even close to release. It might not even be quite done yet in post-production. Yeah, exactly. They may be reshooting scenes or who knows what. But the trailer's out there. And in the trailer, 
the guy that becomes the Joker. What? Yeah, big shock. <laughs> the Joker's the in Joker's it. in the Joker. You see a scene where he's reaching through, I think it's some bars or something, and uses his thumb to force a little kid to smile. All right, and by the way, after watching that trailer, I swear one of the writers in there for anyone that's going to be in this movie must have been letting Joaquin Phoenix stick his hands in your mouth because the number of people whose hands he sticks in their mouth in the course of that trailer is, is a little bit weird. But if you go and look at IMDb at the credits, mm-hmm. you know who that little kid is? Well, don't say it. Take a wild fucking guess. I'll guarantee you it's incredibly obvious. Right. But someone's going to get upset when yeah, you say okay. it. <laughs> if you can't figure this out on your own, Bruce Wayne. <gasps> God Wayne, damn it, Wayne, Wayne. What have you done? Wayne at FearTheBoot.com. Did you I know he's... A wild, a wild guess. Did you know <laughs> he's involved in the life of the Joker? Did you know he is mentioned by name in the movie's credits as that character? Not the actor. That character is mentioned alongside that actor. I'm sorry. That didn't spoil anything. If that ruined the movie for you... I, I don't even know what to do for you. It, I, it's going to be a shock to tell you this is about the Joker from the Batman universe. I mean, what? That's, it's one of the issues I have with Gotham. The villains are all so much older than mm. young little Bruce Wayne. Well, some of them make sense being older. Not that much older. I would comment because having seen, I watched the entire series. Start yeah, I to finish. say this never having made it through yeah. the first season. I made I it. Watched three episodes, hated it. Someone told me it got better, so I watched three more. Never made it past. W- it. What was this? Five seasons, I think, start to finish. I watched the entirety. I've seen every single episode, including the final episode. Now that's less than your way. I'm not going to spoil that. I will not tell you how it ends or whatever. I will say that I was satisfied with where the series ended including the differences in age and things like that. I was satisfied with it. Were there imperfections? Yes, but I'll simply say I was satisfied with it. All right, so my second thing before we get There were into, two? Yes, I said there was two. Before we get into oh, the, hookers and blow. Because okay, I originally yeah. said there was, because you, I said two, five, and then you guys yeah. got me up to five, and I said, no, I'm just going to stick to two. Okay. Because I forgot to mention this last episode. I want you to know I'm better than you, mm. because I have the complete entirety. This is like 30 hours of Chopin. <laughs> Played on piano by Arthur Rubenstein. And I just want you to know that I own that and you don't. And therefore, I am a better person than you. Phenomenal. I've seen Hamilton and been to space camp. So, you know, I think that I went to space perfect balance. I have zero interest in Hamilton and hate all the songs I've heard from it. But how do you feel about space camp, Wayne? Fuck you. (laughs) And how do you feel about Arthur Rubenstein playing Chopin? Eh, Not really interested. That's because you're a moron. An uncultured (laughs) moron. Just like that one character in Endgame. The topic we're talking about today is how do you go from one to many? All right, let me explain what I mean by one to many. So there was an idea that Chad tossed out that falls right into the wheelhouse of something that I've been ranting and raving about for years. And I think there's actually a couple angles we can talk about this from. But the idea is that what if you have a game that in premise seems to really only be set up for one player character, but you want to adapt this for a role-playing group. Now, we'll come back to these in detail, but just to give you an example, some of the things we talked about kicking this round was Chad thought about this while playing Breath of the Wild. Right Now, I realize it's sort of the meta game plot that... Wait, wait, you're not going to spoil it, are no, you? No, I'm not going to. It hasn't been 87 years yet. Well, and I've not played. Okay, Link is in Breath of the Wild. Whoa. I don't know, spoiler. 
spoiler. But, actually, Dan. Dan is in it, too. There is a thing they sort of hint at in, I think it's Twilight Princess. It might have been the one that came after that. Skyward Sword, I think, was the one that came after that. Where they kind of hint at that Link is not an individual. It's either a reincarnating soul or it's a social archetype that pops up whenever history requires it. It's sort of this weird... Would it have even been that if the original Legend of Zelda wasn't financially successful? I, probably not. <laughs> well, the same way. Okay, and this is this is going to go to what's in the trailers. They are setting up that in the current Final Fantasy game, which is actually 14 because 15 is done, whereas 14 is still being developed on, that in the next major expansion, which is releasing, I think, in July, that there's going to be apparently these crystal towers. I think there's going to be like 12 or 13 of them which they strongly imply because there is this meta game Mm -hmm. to Final Fantasy that when the world crystal shattered, that that's why there is Final Fantasy 2, 3, 4, as these are all alternate universes broken from that original crystal in the first Final Fantasy game, that there's supposedly going to be this ability to travel between the settings of Final Fantasy 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, whatever. Right. Now, I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but that's what it seems to look like. But in the same way, they have implied that Link is potentially an archetype that pops up as he is ontologically necessary. That he just sort of shows up when he is needed, or it's one soul being reincarnated. That it's that's, not that's not even hinted at in Breath of the Wild. It is said explicitly. Okay, I'll say because in the prior game is either Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess. I don't recall which because I played them both back to back. In one of them, they say the same thing, that this is something that appears every X number of generations. That there's only one Ganon who really is that long lived because he's all magical and whatever. But with Link, there are many Links. And many Zeldas as well. Yeah, so and many Zeldas as well, exactly. And they keep kind of coming and going. Their paths intersect because their souls are intertwined or whatever. The the plot of the game of Breath of the Wild is that exact concept and how it got screwed up. So, Wayne, you said you did something like this, and it didn't go so well. And I've got one as well I want to talk about that I've not done, but I've been bitching for about the past five to ten years I want to do, which I'll talk about in a moment. But Wayne, go ahead and talk about where you did this and it didn't work out so yeah, well. we talked about this a while back, but I tried to run a Pokemon campaign. Well, you did run a Pokemon campaign. Yeah, I just don't think it went very well. No. Because here's the problem with it. When you look at it, Pokemon is one character's journey. Mm-hmm. When you get down to it, it's about dueling and one-on-one battles and one and person one catching something rel- in the wild. And, and one person's relationship with their pets, their Pokemon. Yeah. 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 And so trying to expand that out to a group, there were mechanics that we could do, but it became, okay, you're wandering into the grass to try to catch something. I'm not going to have five players team up against one thing. <laughs> I have to have multiple things spawn, and then you're trying to fight Five them. people all beating the grass then, or rat at a. Yeah. And then if you get to a gym battle... Everyone wants to get their badges so they can do more things. Well, then you have to stop. Okay, well, get in line. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to role play with Chad doing his battle. And now we're going to role play with the next person doing their battle. So I got to ask, because I wasn't in this game. Did you do this fully random and like you all go into the grass and four of you get a Weedle and one of you get something worthwhile? What well, I tried to do was have multiple things spawn and they picked who they paired off with. 
And really, one of the problems with it, too, was not so much conceptual, which is what this topic is about. It's more the right. concepts. Right, right. But the problem with it was mechanical, because it was like a D20 variant. So, bat, you know, battling a single pug, like a rat, ratata or whatever they're called, to get one is a D20 roll initiative. Here's your stats, combat, roll damage, roll, you know, which that kind of shin kicking takes mm -hmm. a while. And then you times that by five. Yeah. And then you times that by, well, if you've ever played a Pokemon game, how many times do you get in these battles? All the time. Yeah. And the characters want to get more Pokemon for them. Right. And from a conceptual standpoint, yeah, you've got a problem there. If it's supposed to be one-on-one -on -one catching, how do you do that? And a lot of that came to why it didn't work. I was trying to move the story away from the gym battle thing, but... That's, that's not very Pokemon. Right. The whole point is... Could I have made it work? Yes, I think I could have, but I could have only made it work by throwing away everything that made it Pokemon, and that's what was exciting to well, me. Well, but let so. me ask you a question, Wayne, because there is a side to Pokemon that's much more limited than that, which mostly occurs in, I guess, what I'm going to call, from the fictional standpoint, the NPCs. Within Team Rocket, each of them have, like, one to three Pokemon each. They're not out there gathering them. You know, they've got their Meowth, they've got their... Oh, what's Arbok. Arbok, Arbok. Yeah. you know, they, they've got their... Coffin. That's their selection, right? Right. And when you go into a battle, it's almost like D&D &D character classes. I'm bringing the high DPS rock monster. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing the utility magnet monster. I, I'm just making crap up. Right. But you all sort of bring a role... You've got, I mean, maybe some flexibility. You've got like one to three, but these are as many Pokeballs as you can carry. You know, you can't have 300 Pokemon on you. What kept you from going that direction? Because Did you just not realize until you tried it or was it? No, because I thought about that. I thought about being part of like organizations and things and getting away from the Pokemon journey. But when I think of the Pokemon games, what I think of is the journey. You start off as a kid, you're leaving home, you're seeing these new creatures, you're catching these new creatures. That's a big part of the game for me. Okay, so is maybe the first bit of advice here? Oh. I think that my advice for it is examine what you're looking for out of the setting and story. What I was looking for out of that, I wanted to emulate the Pokemon journey. That is not something that works with multiple people. Sure, right. I could have done any number of things within the world to make a game work but the story i wanted to tell was not a multiplayer story well i think that's i wasn't willing to make the changes necessary to make it work right because it wasn't the feel i was looking for i shouldn't have tried to run that game for that reason i'm glad because i mm -hmm. saw the mistakes and well, you learn you learn from your mistakes and yeah. and we ended it pretty quick i mean it gets yeah. back to our thing too of uh you know it's not working out fail fast fail often yeah, and, and, and I was able to recognize that, and mm -hmm. nobody came to me and said, hey, this isn't working. I came and said, okay, guys, we tried. Thank you for trying. Mm -hmm. This isn't working. Here's why it's not working. Let's do something else. Right. And I think it didn't work on two levels to kind of expand to what you're saying. One was the rules level, which, again, is kind of outside of this yeah. topic. The it, rules I picked, we were doing a fan-made version right. that was based off of D20. It was about, again, hardcore combat, so to speak, on a fluff game. And I wasn't looking to do hardcore combat right. in the game either. The other problem with it is that while the game, the, the original games, 
and stories and stuff are the, the hero's journey, singular hero's journey who has side people in it. There's a whole world there. There's a whole world with characters and NPCs and stuff that is not based around that one character, the hero character. The, the world moves and, and revolves and operates with or without that one character. So I think in Pokemon universe, I'm not a gigantic fan of it, but I think that there is enough there to create a story. Yeah, definitely. How, how you create that story, though, is to do exactly what you didn't want to do. You have to get off of the story that they're telling in the game. You have to get on your own story yeah. in yeah. the world, and your own story involves multiple people with a better, I guess, combat system. Yeah. Or fluid I, one. I fully think I could run a yeah. campaign. It just, the campaign I wanted to run doesn't work with multiple people. I could have made the setting work, but it would have been changing from the experience I was trying to give. Right. Which. That wasn't what I wanted to do at that time. Now, here's the thing with, like, the Legend of Zelda game, Breath of the Wild. I've been playing this. I'm almost done with it. I enjoy the yeah. hell out of it. In fact, it's so far it's one of my favorite Zelda games. There isn't enough to the world to run a game. There are multiple races that you can play, and each has their own advantages and disadvantages and stuff. And there are NPCs and personalities to the world and villages and locations. The problem is, unlike with Pokemon where the entire world will operate without the singular hero who's on its hero's journey. Yeah. The religion, the society, the culture, the reason for being of many of these towns and NPCs is that there is this mythical hero of legend who is doing this mythical hero of legend thing overtly, not even like, Oh, well, we're kind of here. We heard about this. No, like, this village is here because a thousand years ago, this Link guy defeated Ganon and Zelda, and now the cycle is completed, you know, has come around again. And oh my God, you're Link. This is why we're here. Yep. And like, I compare that with Twilight Princess. Yeah. Twilight Princess, there are villages that exist, there is a city that exists. I think it would be easier to set it in the Twilight Princess versus Breath of the Wild. Right. Having played both games, I would be much easier with there because there is more of that. Yeah. They exist outside of Link. What made me kind of turn my head on Breath of the Wild of saying, you know, could this be a role-playing game? Is this a viable one? Because they have the different races. They have the Gerudo, yeah. and they have the, the Rico, and they have the uh, the Elden rock guys, whose, whose name I forget. They have all these different races and such. And they all have these distinct personalities, and there are different personalities within the races that follow the different cultures. And they're really well done. They're, they're very interesting. And it would be interesting to play a D&D style game where you're playing the, a culture and a race and that sort of thing. And you can really graph some easy rules onto all of that, too. But you know, when I look at it, the situation just doesn't lend itself. Well, so, I, I have an idea. This is, is actually... Bouncing around my head sounds like a lot of fun now. You have a party where one of them is Link, but none of them know which one it is. Mm. And throughout the course of the campaign, you give clues for each one of them being Link. And when the party shows up in a town, they know that Link is within them, but they don't but, know which one okay, it is. But a question, though, when the payoff comes, you find out who Link is. That might be annoying for the other players. I was going to say, is they have to a, come in with that buy-in of yeah. you might be the chosen one, you might not be the chosen one. You might one. be rounding error to the chosen so, one. And let me tell you how that works out. 
because there's a game called Divinity Original Sin 2. And that is an isometric role-playing game. Lots of characters and worlds and, and mm-hmm. people. And you could totally play a role-playing game in this world. I don't know if you'd want to or not. But you totally could because it it's not a single hero journey. In fact, you are thrust into this situation, blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm not going to super get into it. But in that game, they do a chosen one trope. But you have a party of like five or six people. Now, here's the thing. It is a co-op campaign game. So I played it with a friend of mine. We played co-op. I took one or two of the characters in the party. He took one or two characters in the party. We did this role-playing game. We're talking to people. Oh, hey, I talked to this guy over here. Oh, yeah, hey, I need this for that. That's cool. And, oh, hey, well, hold on. Let's not leave the town yet. I'm following the story of this blacksmith. Like, oh, okay, cool. And we both plug into it. And it was a lot of fun. It was a whole lot of fun. Except we kind of kept getting hinted at by the game and then really told by the game there can only be one. And That's something that only, I think I would avoid is not only can there only be one, depending on who you have in your party, the other characters will be really angry if they're not the one. See, and so we played that all the way to the end, and we had to sit there, Chuck and I had to sit there and say, Okay, this is the crossroads. Which one of my two characters gets to be God, and which one of your two or which one of your two characters get to be God? And if this character and this character don't get to be God, then we have to kill them. This character that we played through. And you know what? We we did it. We played it. it was, we picked one of mine randomly. And we went through it. And I was like, well, that was okay. But kind of a letdown for my friend. And my friend was like, wow, that really, that really See, sucked. I think what I would do is I would lead up to the big final moment. Not, not in this game, but like we're describing here. And in that final moment, reveal that there's something wrong with the prophecy. Mm-hmm. The prophecy was either wrong or intentionally misleading. And that the one is actually the entire party together united yeah. or never reveal it. Yeah. Well, that that's something right there that I think we have to start with. And Wayne, this has been something you've been talking about in one way or another since the Pokemon thing. Is that one of the big reasons this doesn't work is... A tabletop role-playing game, assuming we're not talking about a lone wolf, is a story about multiple people, yeah. and as a result, there cannot be a the person. Yeah, there, a Buffy game does work, because you know who the chosen one is, and everyone around it is playing a support character, and you know that from the beginning. You're not building up to be the one. Yeah, and I know that game does work, but I think even then, it'd be a little bit rough to be like... This one person's all that, and I'm less than that. Like, for example, I think the reason something like, and I guess you could make this argument for Buffy too, but I think the reason something like The Witcher would work as a role-playing game is because while the story that you play in, let's say, Witcher 3 is about Geralt of Rivia, he is not, compared to many of the other characters, uniquely powerful. In fact, in the books, he's shockingly not the main character. Yeah, this is not even about him. The sorceresses are powerful. The Peller is powerful. There are other swordsmen and swordswomen and magic users and whatever who are powerful in their own right. It just so happens that the story you're told at that moment isn't about them, as opposed to someone like Link, who really is different than everyone else. Right. Well, and I think that it in a game or... I mean, a, heck, in Witcher, he's not even the only Witcher. Right. I mean, there's other Witchers around him. Yeah, there's three. 
well, three of his clan. Yeah, it depends on who you take as alive and dead. And The thing that I hate, though, in role-playing games and in regular stories, I really don't like the Chosen One plot. I think in role-playing games, it especially does not work. I think of a game like Destiny 2. All right, so Destiny 2 has this big plot, all this lore and all this sort of stuff, and your character is the Chosen One. And so when you're playing through it, every single NPC character person you talk to is kissing your ass, telling you about how great you are, that you're the chosen one, and it just gets really boring. Another problem with these kind of games, like taking Breath of the Wild, for instance, is here's a world. It has a certain feel. It has a certain vibe to it. It has all these certain characters and races and religions and cultures and all this sort of stuff that you really like that you want to play in. If you take the one hero, hero's journey plotline and remove it. So if you remove Ganon and you remove Link and you remove Zelda, does the world still function? Is there enough to the world and does the world still work if I take a group of people who make their own characters and insert them in, can I run something that's cogent and believable? I would say for Breath of the Wild, no. Because as soon as you take Ganon out and Link out and Zelda out, the world serves no purpose. Yeah. Whereas if you go for like Witcher or... or, Well, I think even in Twilight Princess, because in Twilight Princess, Zelda, I mean, she's powerful, but she's kind of a side character. Ganon is mentioned, but the game's not about Ganon. And Link just so happens to be the one that's there fixing the problem. Link, in that game at least, in my mind, could have been a party. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it could have been four or five people. And they don't look at him. Like, the average person he's interacting with doesn't look at him and say, you're the one. Mm-hmm. He's just another guy. Yeah. For and most this, of the people And this is with. what I think I would give as my first approach to this, which is multiplying. So you take whatever it is that makes that story about one person, and you say that there are multiples of that one person. I mean, not literally the same person. There's not five links, but there are five people. Well, depends that, on the game. But, okay, fair enough. But instead, you are playing five people who fit that role. In Wayne's Pokemon game, I would go with saying, you know, look, we're going to have four or five people who are Pokemon trainers, but they're going to be relatively equal in power and, and similar in nature. And certainly the rules needed some tweaking to make yeah. that work. You couldn't take that at face value. Another game that comes to mind that I played where I saw this done was at one of the Fear of the Cons. John ran a Mega Man game that I sat in on. And there was, to the best of my recollection, no the Mega Man. All right. There were multiple people that were all robots or androids mm-hmm. or whatever built by Dr. Light or whatever the hell the guy's name is. And I actually played a because I was an add-on, I played like some dumb logger robot who was <laughs> really strong and really tough, but was not Mega Man. Mm. But they all played characters, they being the rest of the players, who were fundamentally all Mega Man. And so you had that role multiplied across several people. The opposite approach, and this is where I'm going to get off on the tangent about the game that I have wanted to run for some years, which is an Ultima game. Now, to explain the problem of running an Ultima game, followed by my solution, the latter Ultima games were all about a person known as the Avatar, 
who, much like Link, is sort of an archetype, though the Avatar is a single individual. It's a person who lives on Earth and has these sort of Narnia-like travels to Britannia, where he deals with all these evils. And the Avatar is on a spiritual quest of personal purification to represent the eight or nine or whatever it was virtues of perfection. There's humility and compassion and charity and spirituality and whatnot. And the obstacles and the enemies that he faces are the inversions of these. So the opposite of generosity is greed and the opposite of compassion is apathy. And I, it's been a while since I've played these games, so I don't remember exactly. Spoilers here on like a 20-year-old game. <laughs> but the end of the series is when he finds out that as he is discarding and shedding these evil aspects of himself, that they are collating into a dualistic model. That basically there's another him that is forming called the Guardian, which you find out at the very end or near the end of Ultima 9 is him. But it's all the evil that he shed. So his own greed and lack of compassion and hatred and whatever have coalesced into this monster that represents the antithesis of all the virtues that he's come to possess. So now I have wanted ever since playing Ultima 9, because for all of its bugs, and by the way, you're really flipping a coin on whether you can even complete the game. (laughs) It has so many bugs. I'm not joking. It is that hard. Like it is a 50-50 whether you will even be able to complete the game because there are so many crushing bugs in that game. But what I looked at in that is, you know, when you start the game, there's a gypsy woman who gives you this sort of tarot-like game, sub-game, where she basically says that if this virtue and this virtue are in conflict, like let's say there was a guy who stole some bread to eat. Do you let him go, which represents compassion, or do you turn him in and suggest he find a better way, which represents justice? And so you're basically ranking the virtues. And what happens at the end of that? is you are given a virtue that you have chosen over all the others. Because one by one, you have to keep pitting virtue A against virtue B, then virtue A against virtue C, then A against D, until all you're left with is virtue A, whatever virtue A may be for you. Honesty, compassion, spirituality, whatever. And I think the way that I would run an ultimate game is to subdivide it that way. Is to say that, okay, you guys are not the avatar but each of you is an avatar so wayne is the avatar of honesty and chad is the avatar of justice and you guys have to represent these virtues perfectly and in the process you're going to have subplots and b plots and whatever that are related to the antithesis of your virtue And you're going to have tests that you must pass and whatever, but none of you are the Avatar or the Link or the Ash Ketchum or whatever. You are some sub-piece of that, and that gives you a chance to still shine and be expressed in your own right as you know a piece of that. I guess you could do this in something like Zelda. Maybe it doesn't work as well. But saying like, you know, in this go around of Link, the soul did not get reincarnated into one person. 
it got reincarnated into four people. And if the four people don't work together, they're not going to beat Gan in this go round. The sum of all are greater than. I can't think of the phrase. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Crystal the, Chronicles, yeah. Legend well, Zelda game, whatever yeah, it was. And then there's a version of. Uh, there's a popular phrase awesome. of soulmates. And one of the understandings of what the phrase soulmate means is that as a soul matures, it divides into multiple souls. So a soulmate is literally in some philosophies or what religions or whatever. See, all that talk with the word avatar just makes me think avatar, the last airbender. Hmm. When I'm looking at that setting, it's a story about the chosen one, basically, but you could easily tell stories without that well, character ever being in it because it is a fully developed world yeah. that can exist See, without that, that character or if that character is frozen for a hundred years. To me, that that's the real difference between being able to run a game that is so focused on the singular hero's journey and to be able to expand it into a, a role-playing game with a whole bunch of people sitting around the table. Is, is the world expansive and large enough and detailed enough to where you can tell multiple stories within there. Star Wars is a perfect example of that. Star Wars universe is huge, and it's like a big buffet. There's tons of stuff you can choose from and never even talk yep. about Darth Vader or Luke or any of that whole Skywalker family. And it doesn't mean you can't take a shallow setting and blow it up. Well, it just means if you're trying to tell a story based on it, then why would you want to do yeah, that? Yeah, and so therein lies the problem. Exactly that is... Okay, say I have this setting that I really like, uh, we'll, and we'll use Breath of the Wild for an example. I don't think there's enough in there, as is off the shelf, to have this expansive enough world that will support multiple people without adding more from myself. And it's a give and take, and it's yeah. really up to the individual GM. But I do think that there's a break point. I think there's a point of how much... Can I add to this container to where it is still Breath of the Wild, obviously? Where does it hit that point to where it stops being Breath of the Wild and it's Chad's flavor yeah. of well, Zelda? You know, because I, if you're wanting to run Breath of the Wild, there's something there you want to run. Yeah. And if you're having to make too much of it, you're not getting to run what you wanted to run. Yeah, right? you're, you're running like a different your game. game. Yeah. yeah, and uh, let me give some examples here from something else. Let's look at a run of three Final Fantasy games, 7, 8, and 9. And I think you'd argue others as well, some more than others. They all told a story of a group of people. They had B-plots. They had major characters who had their own plot lines. If you were playing this as an RPG, everyone would have some place in it. But there was one character in each of those three games that unquestionably overshadowed the others as being the most important. In 7, it was Cloud. In 8, it was Squall. In nine, it was Zidane. And in all of those, you know, it'd be very, very hard, I think, to tell the, a story equally. Let's take Final Fantasy VII because it's probably the best known. Which one was that? That was the one. Well, with, who was the main protagonist? That was Cloud. Cloud. That was okay. Midgard, yeah. Eris, Gets. That was the one with Sephiroth. As the yeah, villain. Sephiroth mm. and whatever. Barrett is a cool character. Tifa is a cool and totally bangable <laughs> character. But <laughs> I, I think it'd be very hard to argue that any of them. While they are all important, I would not argue any of them are unimportant or undeveloped. None of them are quite as developed or important as Cloud. Right. And I think that's something, though, that you could adjust with relative ease. Mm -hmm. I think there are ways you could play down Cloud's story a little bit and play up their stories a little bit 
and hit that kind of parody. Well, with that yeah. game, there's an expansive enough world. Yes. I mean, yeah. maybe you have to add a bit to it to kind of finish off the edges and customize sure. it a little bit to your group. But that game, along with its like side games and stuff that relate to it, yeah, there's absolutely, because there's factions and there's a political intrigue and there's like this big mystery and this yeah. magic. You can take all the, the Hell, playable characters a, a major, in either eight or nine. Which one was the one where he has a tail? That was nine. That was nine. That was nine. In yeah. nine, he actually, the main character, the one that, that is overshadowing all the others, you spend a while unconscious in a coma while the other characters take over. Well, same thing happens in seven. Yeah. So when. In seven, same, exactly. Cloud yeah. spends a bunch of time in a coma. That there is a sign that there's enough to the other mm-hmm. characters yeah. that they can hold the game for well, a while. And in nine, if you chase down some of the optional plot stuff, you got a lot more development for, I forget what they're called, but the the race of chefs. <laughs> they, they had their own whole world and subplot mm-hmm. and whatever. And, I mean, if you look at, like... Uh, there was a game that you could play where you just played the Turks. And then the Turks... Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called, but I know what you're talking and about. And the Turks are not magical. Yeah. They're not powerful. In fact... They kind of die just like you and me, you know, well, they're, they're normal Joes, but they're like this political faction. Well, heck, I mean, even a, a big chunk of the game, if you actually look at what's going on by the end of the game, you come to find out that a huge portion's been occurring in the background as a power struggle amongst the board of directors. Right. That you find out that Hojo or whatever his name was, who's the scientist, and then you find out that one of the guys is actually... Who's on the board of directors? He's some I don't C level or mm. VP level executive is actually Kate Seth, and you know all this yeah. stuff that you come to find out that the whole thing has been a power struggle. Yeah, within or the, the power board company. Within, yeah, exactly for the electric company. Well, yeah. and Vincent has his own game too. Yeah, yeah. he does. That was an entirely really side game that you know is just about that one character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I I think something like this is totally possible, but I think whoever's running it and also whoever's playing it has to accept that this is not going to be a one-for-one translation well, because nobody can be the yeah, hero on yeah. the hero's journey. And it, well, you have and to let's be face a it, hero on the hero's journey. Let's face it. It would be really boring if you did a one-for-one translation using the story of the game because everyone knows what's going to happen. Hmm. Well, I mean that too, but also, do you really... And I mean, maybe you do, but I think for most people, do you really want to play a game where you have the one hero and his bunch of barely significant lackeys. I mean, is that really the game you want to play? I mean, once again, (laughs) I'm not saying this is an impossible thing, but I'm saying if you pitch this to me, it'd be an uphill sell. See, now I have a game in mind where all the players are those insignificant lackeys. And in the first session, the one guy gets killed. Well, okay, now you're, you're. This is a story that's already been done. You're talking mystery men. Yeah, mystery yeah. men, red shirts. But, but the know. point being, though, that I think there you don't have the issue because you don't have the story about one person because that one person yep. has been eliminated. The story is about the many that are left behind who together must fill the shoes of that one person. I don't. What's the guy's name? Mister Awesome or Captain Awesome? Or in mystery, yeah, Captain Man. Awesome. Okay. You know, it, it's about our Captain Amazing, Captain whatever it was. It's about these worthless losers as a group trying to fill his one pair of shoes. And I think you can do the same thing, whether it's like subdividing the Avatar into 
various virtues or Link reincarnated as four or five soulmates instead of one person or whatever it or, is. Or even shift the plot to where, yeah, all that's happening. It's great. But the world's big enough. We're playing over here. All that crap's in the background. Yeah. You know, again, Star Wars, for example, Star Wars is a perfect example of this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, rebels are there. Empire's there. All this family BS is there. Something about Jedis and, you know, fathers killing sons and sons killing fathers. And who can... But you know what? You're merchants. And, <laughs> you know, we're doing this run. And the ship's about to fall apart because yeah. we're a whole lot of credits in debt. So, you know, we're in the next port. I got this friend. He wants us to run this small box. Well, why would he pay us that much to run a small box? It's got to be illegal. They said no questions asked. You win? As long as I'm not a uh, moisture farmer, because that sounds really boring. Well, see, you you were. It's full it, of moisture. <laughs> that's the moisture. It's, it's priceless. It, and it's, it's got the plans for a slightly more efficient right. moisture condenser. Condenser units. Yes, yeah, condenser actually, unit. They actually yes. make them. And, uh-huh. you, and you have the gonks that power, yeah. that do a mobile, like Tesla-style wireless powering mm-hmm. of the condenser units. That's right. My gosh. we I was right, wasn't I? Uh, Chad, you know, it may take a few more episodes, but I don't know, maybe somewhere by like 550 or 600, you're going to sell me on moisture farming (laughs) as a viable, Mm -hmm. like this is, all of role-playing history has led up to the moisture farming campaign. You're not going to win me over You know what? It sounds really boring. I'm not really, I don't really care for Star Wars and not what you'd call a Star Wars fan, and I don't know a huge amount about the universe, but maybe for the next Fear the Con we have, Maybe I'll run Star Wars Moisture Farmers. <laughs> You're thinking about it now, aren't you? I, I you know. know. Actually, I, the way you said it with Moisture Farmers is now I'm picturing like a Harvest Moon game where you just go out every morning <laughs> and rake water. Mm. And that's, there's no crops. Right. You just no, rake. No, you that. See, you have condensers and droids for yeah, that. That's so true. The, the that's ultimate true. goal, it'd be like this town building. The ultimate goal is to flood the town. Well, it, no, is to be the moisture cartel. Okay. Yeah. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, you got to, you got to, you start off, you start off in a desert with like one dripping faucet Mm -hmm. and you have to turn that into an oceanic empire. That's right. So all the while romancing the different girls in town. Yes. Getting them moist. That's a key part of Harvest Moon. That's, and it but it's not moisture. It's not Harvest Moisture Moon. It's no, no you that's gotta you make, guys. You gotta yeah. make these chicks moisture. <laughs> no, see, yes. see, that's why yes. it's gonna be another hundred episodes to sell you on this concept. And it was just also in. Oh my gosh, Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley, Valley. Right. You've got all that moisture in that's the name. Right. The, well, actually, it's just kind of porny too. Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking you, you, right? All right, you pick your girl. And that's your Stardew Valley. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't worry, Broder will be here to do this completely improperly slash properly. <laughs> We're just doing the best we can to tread water for him. So, See, and you're going to need a lot of moisture for that. Yes, you will. Mm-hmm. You will, and that's exactly right. You'll need some gonks to help you tread. <laughs> that's right. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. Moisture farmers. This has been a production of Fear the Booth, copyright 2019. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to fearthebooth.com. 
You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.